and welcome to the Knock On, Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. In this episode, Stephen Byrne and Chris Pym talk to Carlo Mann and Leinster and Ireland prop Ed Byrne. During the interview, we're going to chat about playing for Carlo underage with his twin brother Brian and progressing up through the Leinster and Irish underage ranks. Carlo, when they had Felipe Condopomi on their books during their heyday in the AIL, playing for Leinster and the competition for places and the environment in the club, being capped for Ireland and training under Andy Farrell and Paul O'Connell. This season's pro 14 win and the Champions Cup semi-final loss to La Rochelle and we talk about the Lions tour and keeping in contact with his Carlo friends Tom Daly, Sean O'Brien and more. Today our special guest is Leinster and Irish player Ed Byrne. Ed how are you? Not too bad Stephen, all good now yourself? Ah, not too bad at all. I suppose we mentioned you're a Carlo man as well. We had your brethren, I suppose, uh, Tom Daly on uh, last week's programme as well. He spoke highly of you. Um, <laughs> nothing bad was said. It's a tough act to follow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, we're with plenty to talk about, Ed, of course. Got to catch up with yourself. Um, and I suppose we'll start just um, talking about Tom quickly. Obviously, you know, Tom, you and your brother, yeah. Brian. Uh, Brian playing for Bristol Bears at the moment. Uh, you know, you grew up in Carlow around the same age as well. You would have went through underage and Leinster Academy yeah. and all that as well. And he's flying it with Connacht at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, no, it's brilliant to see. He's absolutely flying it. Um, been a great move from I think myself and Brian were lucky enough to play with Tom for a good few years. Um, started could be under sevens in Carlow the whole way it's under twelves and we were lucky to have a good team there, uh, plenty of good players. And then um, Tom went through the youth system. We took, went through the schools and we met back up as Leinster nineteens and uh, spent a good few years in Leinster together and stuff. So I'm absolutely delighted to see him going so well and he's really nailed down that spot over in Connacht. Absolutely. I have to say, Carlo are pumping out a lot of decent rugby players over the last couple of years. Um, you know, Sean O'Brien obviously stands out um, re- of, of the recent ones. Yourself, yeah. your brother Brian, Tom, Tim Corkery coming through in Kilkenny as well. Uh, as well, be the first sort of Leinster representative they've had now in, in a good few years there as well. So in this locality anyway. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, it's brilliant. I think yeah. even when... When we were growing up um, playing with Carlo and stuff, we would have seen uh, Shawnee making headway through the Irish youths and the Leinster, Leinster youth system. And uh, I think it was big for us, like um, just seeing that. And then we played against Ty Furlong a good few times. And you see lads like that coming through and um, definitely motivates as a young lad, you want a piece of that. And uh, I think it's so important for the club. And it's great for Carlo to have a few names there and lads who really loved their time playing with Carlo and loved the club and stuff. So um, I think it's all positive. That's it. And you're not just there to make numbers either, Edges. They're making quite a lot of ground and a lot of impact in your positions with your provinces and your country as well. So it's definitely not making up numbers. There's a lot of talent from uh, the Carlo area for yourselves and that. And like you said, with Tyg down in Wexford as well. Mm. Um, and that you've got Charlie Ward as well from Tullo. He's finding yeah, uh, yeah. his trade over there in Connacht as well. So um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of decent, decent players. Come here, where did it start for yourself? Um, and I have to include Brian, I presume, because yeah, Brian yeah. would have started around the same time. We'll yeah, talk to definitely. Brian separately. We'll probably get yeah. the same interview when we talk to him. <laughs> um, except when we come to provinces, we'll sort of veer off then somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, where did it start? Were you always into rugby uh, or what was the yeah, story? Yeah, so uh, my oldest brother, Mark, uh, started playing in Carter Rugby Club. Um, 
he might be in maybe 10, around under 10s or so, and uh, he's five or six years older than us. Um, so once he started, then my brother Tom played, uh, he started the year ahead of me and Brian because he's that bit older. And then uh, myself and Brian were mad, mad to get going as well. So I think we might have been just, we were six turning seven. I think that, that September is when we, we rocked up to Carlo Rugby Club and uh, didn't know what to do, but uh, we enjoyed ourselves and uh, got a love for it straight away. So it was uh, good fun right from the start. And as I said, we had some great players. Uh, I would have been playing every second year with my brother Tom Thomas as well. So that was good crack. But um, then we had, like you said, Tom Daly there and Mick Mannion and loads of good players there. So it was a competitive environment and we had great fun the whole way through. And was Carlo in the AIL the time you started off in rugby? Yeah, yeah. So I, I in the have, big uh, time. Yeah, Dan Van Zyl and Miss Melly yeah. leading the show and even... Uh, I remember fond memories of down in, uh, I think it was Gary Owen when Felipe Condiplomi played for Carlo that day and we were out in the back pitch uh, playing, I think maybe under 10s at the time and ran right. onto the senior pitch to watch that. So it's funny how things work out, <laughs> having Felipe coaching us now. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, for people listening that didn't know that, there's a picture hanging up in Carl Rugby Club of Philippe Contepomi taking a penalty um, in the black and amber jersey as well, proudly sitting up in uh, the middle of Carl Rugby Club. Um, we're going to be joined by Chris Pym uh, now in a second. Uh, he's going to join the conversation. Chris, of course, talks to us every week on the podcast as well. Um, I'm going to add Chris to it there now. Chris, how are you? Uh, slightly late. Sorry about that, lads. You're okay. How are you going, Chris? Good, Ed. How are you? All good now. All good. So, Chris, oh, yeah. we're, we're five minutes uh, into the recording. Um, I was just talking to Ed about the early days. He was telling us um, that uh, Carlo were in the big time when Ed was a young yeah, fella yeah. coming through in Carlo. Felipe Contepomi was playing against uh, playing an AIL match for Carlo on one pitch while Ed was out the back pitch as a young fella. Um, I went and the boys went across to watch it. So, um, And as Ed was saying, it's amazing the way it comes around. Felipe is now his coach as well. That's mad, yeah. There you go. Now, how many years ago is that? That's 10 years ago, is it more? And the rest, uh, Jesus, uh, it could be 17 years ago now. <laughs> I think I was under 10 or so. So It would be, uh, actually. Yeah, time, Jesus. time is flown by. Time is flown yeah. by, yeah. No, all good, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, there were good days now, but expensive days, I'd say, for the club. <laughs> yeah, I remember trying to even guess... Uh, a bit of space on the rail and to watch the games back then when we were all standing around the pitch and stuff it was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. The Paul yeah. O'Connells of the world playing, playing, uh, and players like that coming through. Yeah. You know, obviously younger, um, but that was it. And so Ed, um, as a young fella, then the two years progressed up. Were you as always? Were you as always props or or what? How did that uh, all come about? Yeah, yeah, most of the way through. Uh, Randomly enough, I think my last game for Carlo was in the centre, um, which was uh, <laughs> it was it was a rather sure. up one. But I think uh, we we're playing against Navin and um, it's uh, won the cups and they did a big centre or whatever. So uh, John Farrell, I think, was at the time decided to change it up for that one. But um, thankfully, we got we got to win that day. But uh, that was usually in the front row, um, and they must I, have done the job all the same if you got the win. So. Yeah, yeah. just about i don't know i don't know how, how effective i was i probably had tom daly on the inside covering a lot but uh yeah. no it was a good, good crack um but yeah then usually front row most of the way up 
um, and Brian was usually hooker, so we've and stuck to. And you with Tom? Were you the same year? Yeah, yeah. So myself and Tom and Brian played uh, all the way up through. Carlo all getting through, coming through. Yeah, yeah. No, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. John Farrell was the man that sort of discovered, well, not discovered, but he sort of helped you on your way to Leinster underage and all that stuff. Oh, John was brilliant. Um, like, he was he was such a brilliant coach um, for us at the time. And even we had Ron and Barra playing as well, which was a great crack. But uh, no, John was a massive part of it. Um, and I bumped into a few years back and um, he's sound as ever. So he is. We, we had a great, great time. So we did. Um, uh, and uh, any other aspirations uh, besides rugby at the time? Uh, Tom Daly was telling us that he was mad to play GAA for Carlos Seniors when he grew, right. when he when he grew up uh, at the time. But obviously, he got more interested in the rugby and everything else. Took a backseat. What was it like for you, for the two of you? Uh, yeah, I think the main focus is definitely rugby. Um, I think I, I marked Tom Daly actually against uh, Tinder Island against Ballon one day and. Uh, my GA aspirations took a big hit, so I left it <laughs> off after that. Your <laughs> motivation was, took a dip that day. Yeah, Tom was a good footballer, though, fair so. Absolutely, he definitely has the skills. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so you just got into Leinster underage, I presume, then you were spotted somewhere. Then tell us about that. Ed. Yeah, so um, initially it was Leinster under-17s, I think, and it was just a summer training and development, really. Um, I don't think there was games that year. I think under-16s or 17s, so it was just kind of to get a feel for you, trained away for the summer um, up in Terniore College, I think it was twice or three times a week for the summer, so uh, that was great, and then it kind of kicked on from there. So when I was in fourth year, what was 2010, um, I would have been playing Leinster 18s and I think I, I was playing in the cup team that year so I think that definitely helped just getting yeah. in the shop window. Um, and Where'd you get on the, the cup that year? We, we won the cup that year, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, that was so, that year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2010. What year was that? 2010. 2010, yeah, okay, go yeah. on. Yeah, so we won in 2010, 2011, so, um, which definitely gets in the shop window and... Uh, then we we're kind of in the system um, and yeah. just train, uh, training away and training hard during the summer and then got Irish 18s off the back of that uh, 2010 win um, and then luckily played 19s and 20s for both Leinster and Ireland then as well and uh, went into Leinster Academy when um, in 2012 when I left school. Wow, that long ago, is it that flight, yeah. isn't it? Mad, isn't it? Um, and your your class was Tom Daly was in there. Your brother Brian, yeah. What other sort of names were floating uh, there? Jack time? Bonin, um, right. yeah. Ty Byrne, uh, Carl Marsh, Steve Crosby, um, Josh Van der Plyer, Dan Levy. So um, it was a good year. It was a good year, yeah. yeah. It was a very good year. Vintage yeah. <laughs> <His> year. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's amazing what happens as well. We were talking about t t talking to Tom Daly about going to Connacht and his fortunes obviously improving there as well. Um, your brother Brian is flying it with uh, yeah. Bristol. Um, but Ty Byrne, you know, the, the Leinster Academy thing, you couldn't break into that first team, you know, went to Wales, came back and he's a line. Yeah. That was yeah. Well. It's just, a, yeah, it's all about decisions, I suppose, and opportunities. Definitely, and a bit of luck as well, I think. Um, yeah. But uh, sometimes you create your own luck as well. But I uh, would have said he, he was lucky to get an opportunity in Scarlets, um, and then he just took it. Um, 
because he was saying he hadn't played, he didn't play a huge amount for Leinster, and uh, I can't remember what way it worked out, but um, he just went over there, and he's brilliant. Um, really took it by the scruff of the neck, and then it's great to see him going so well. I would have played with Tyg in that 2010 team in yeah. Congos as well, so I know him well, and uh, brilliant to see how well he's going now. Yeah, fantastic. And Brian enjoying Bristol? Yeah, yeah, he's loving it. He's loving it. Um, loving it. Is it, it very different, or what's he telling you about the setup compared yeah, to? Yeah, it would be different. It would be different. Uh, different style of coaching and stuff, and um, the massive detail driven and stuff like that. So um, a lot about the, the system, and uh, you can see in the way they play. They play such a great, expansive attack and rugby yeah. and stuff. A lot very of work like Connacht in their prime, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that takes a lot of work and a lot of prep and stuff. So um, it'd be a little bit different to the way, the way we do things. Um, is that, are you tell me that there's less detail in Leinster? No, I don't think, I don't think there's less detail, but it uh, it mightn't be as, as scripted or um, oh, okay. everyone, everyone has a role in Bristol where in Leinster it's a bit more heads up at times. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. Really yeah, absolutely. Good to get that insight as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah um, and uh, Ed, you were telling us just before he came on. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, I was only going to say there was there. Is there anything else about different about life in Bristol? I mean, from a rugby player perspective, as opposed to Leinster, is there anything else that he's kind of noticed that? Um, I think in Leinster, one of our strengths is and the identity piece of having so many homegrown players. Whereas yeah. Bristol is a lot different, um, sure. lot, of, lot of Islanders and um, lads come from New Zealand and literally all over the world. So it's yeah. definitely a different culture and stuff. And um, I think in some aspects that's brilliant because you get to sure. mingle with so many people from different experiences and Absolutely. learn from them as well. And as well as yeah. that, if there's um, in that group, everyone's come to Bristol to play rugby and um there's a strong a strong culture there because yeah. outside of the training facilities as well, I'm sure, as Brian would say, they spend a lot of time together as well. Um, so yeah. build on those connections where when you're living in Dublin and um, everyone has their own... Their own your own go back on. to your own family. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's a little bit different from that aspect, but sure. uh, I'm sure it's very, very enjoyable. And like I said, one of the strengths of, of Leinster is that we have... A lot of homegrown players who've always wanted yeah. to come and play for Leinster, so that's a strong point as well. Um, and he's carrying a bit of an injury with his knee. We're saying it. Yeah, he's struggling a little bit at the minute, um, so he's hoping to, he's uh, going to get a bit of work done that on that tomorrow, and uh, hopefully, probably, unfortunately, might be the end of the season for him this year, but hopefully, come back stronger now next year. Um, and talking about the academy and all that and players and opportunities to pop up, obviously he felt that he needed to go, he needed to break away from Leinster, head over to Bristol and that. Talks about your own experience, Ed. Have you, did you come to the cusp of any close decisions or anything like that or were you confident enough you could break into that um, senior team and, and, and nail down a spot? I think the goal was definitely always to play for Leinster and try and cl- climb the ladder. So um, when I went in the start, it was... Keen Healy and Hanke van der Merwe and Jack McGrath and uh, Jack O'Connell. And yeah, there was a bit of traffic and, in the way there. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And it's mad the way things work out because even like I would never seen Jack McGrath moving away and stuff. And yeah. that obviously opens up a window for me and stuff. But um, 
is it was definitely my goal to stay in Leinster and to try and make it there. And there definitely was traffic at times, and um, it's a very competitive environment. But you can learn from them lads, and you also know that's the standard you need to be at, or even past that to try to get ahead of them. So, right. um, yeah, and I think the goal for him was always to play for Ireland. So I knew if I wanted to play for Ireland, I'd have to try to climb that ladder in Leinster and it'd give me a good opportunity. So yeah. uh, luckily I got the opportunity to stay and especially after a couple of years of injury and they stuck with me and got another yeah. contract and hopefully... At any stage in the last, however, decade, did anybody try to tempt you to go to any of the other provinces? Or did you get any offers or did you... Uh, no, no, I think it was, it was pretty straightforward contract-wise. Okay. Um, we weren't we weren't going looking massively, so um, I knew yeah. that Leinster was where I wanted to stay and stuff. So uh, we kept kind of the conversation between the uh, myself and them, kind of almost. And what yeah. about the bro- what about your brother as well? Obviously, to make a tough decision at one stage, and would have you know been guided like you would have listened yeah. to what you said as well. Yeah, no, it was definitely tricky because obviously I always loved playing with him, and hopefully someday again we we join up, but. Um, no, it's it's tough. Like uh, I think uh, professional rugby is tough, and yeah. you have to make those decisions at times. Um, so he would like more game time. He would like more starts, and um, he felt it was the best decision for him. And I think Leo felt that as well. That he was almost uh, he wasn't getting the amount of games he should have been getting. So, or felt like he should have been getting. So. Um, it's tricky, and he, it's, I'm just delighted it's worked out well for him over there in Bristol. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, I mean, anyone who's come across Pat Lamb has had nothing to say, good things to say about him. So, yeah, exactly. And I think Brian Brian has played got maybe 15 stars this season, like which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and that's why he wanted he wants to go and start in a really good club, and thankfully it's working out for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, so. You're obviously you're playing well for Leinster, Ed. You're in, you know, you're up near the top of the pile, so to speak. We're talking about Chris and traffic and players. Leinster, like a lot of other teams, but particularly Leinster, because that's who we focus on here, um, has a huge amount of depth of players at every position. Myself and Chris every week to be talking about the back rows and tripping up yeah. over back rows, you know, even for the Irish team and that as well. Um, are you happy with the amount of game time I suppose you're getting and, um, you know, happy with your progress on the senior side of things uh, with Leinster? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, this year, like, in terms of games played and stuff, it was a little bit different because I went into Irish camp in November yeah. and there was, uh, it was five games there. And uh, so it was a longer period than usual in the, in the November because we're finishing off last year's Six Nations and stuff. So um, then I got injured at the end of that and missed a couple of months. So then I felt like I was out of Leinster for almost over three months between yeah. uh, between Leinster games, which was a bit a bit different, uh, tricky then. Um, and then you're kind of not chasing your tail a little bit, but you're trying to get game time as much as you can then. And yeah. um then going off for seven or eight weeks in the Six Nations camp. Um, and thankfully, I was released and played up against Ulster and stuff that day. So um, it's, it's different and it's obviously brilliant to be in camp. Um, but then there's a couple of times where I was uh, traveling reserve and stuff and then you're not playing. But um, that was fine. It was a good learning experience. And um, yeah, overall, I'm happy enough. 
Um, and being called into camp and everything like that, that's pretty special as well. Um, getting that phone call, I presume you got a phone call off Andy Farrell, it was like, how are you, Ed? You're in. Um, we start training next week. Bring your, <laughs> bring your, bring your boots. Yeah, yeah. No, the way it works is email. So I was sitting, right. by, the phone, uh, sitting by the phone for the day trying to... Um, Praying to get it, uh, and then thankfully came through later on. It could have been seven or eight o'clock, but uh, now I was absolutely delighted. Um, the unbelievable moment, and yeah, I think the one you what you don't want is the phone call to say, Look, you're really close, but yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The email is so. much easier, yeah, yeah, it's a happier no, 100%, place. 100%. Yeah. So, the no, phone rings is like, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but. You, know, you know, there's something <laughs> exactly, up, exactly, yeah, 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 no, no, absolutely. And talk, yeah, back in sorry. back in my day, it used to be by post. So you oh, took really? like three days to get your <laughs> yeah. letter in the post. Yeah, there's a bill. When the letter didn't arrive, you just blamed the postman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, to the time. post office. Yeah, exactly. Different time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So getting called into Irish camp, in you go, Ed. What's it like in there? Is it, we we don't know. Um, you're the man that's in there. Is it intense? Obviously, playing for the country, getting in and trying to nail down a place as well. Mm. What's it like? And what's it like under Andy Farrell? Yeah, I, I found it a great experience to be honest. Um, even had you been in there under Joe at all? No, no. no I hadn't, okay, so. I hadn't, so um, yeah, I, I, I found it brilliant. Um, like the first thing Andy said to me was just enjoy this and be yourself and he definitely means that. Um like he wants players to to be themselves around the place and not not feel nervous and because he he feels that gets the best out of you when you're more relaxed and yourself and um I, I really enjoyed it. It's always brilliant and uh we had Andy there and then pa- Paul O'Connell came in, which was brilliant and uh, worked with Simon Easterby for the first time as well, which uh, was, was great. And had Fog- John Fogarty as a scrum coach, and uh, I was lucky to have him for yeah, yeah. nearly eight yeah. years in Leinster. So, yeah. um, no, I really enjoyed the experience and I, I learned a lot from it. And uh, I think Andy, Andy's a great motivator. And um, I thought uh, it was a great uh, few weeks. Um, I suppose in November 1st, when, when I was in there and I was playing. Um, was it three games in a row? And, um, but just loving it, and I think uh, it's definitely you feel the step up. Like you can't, you can't lose a moment in those games, yeah. and uh, you definitely feel that. Um, and with with the international stuff uh, as well, how do you feel Ireland got on uh, this year? It was you know tough going in some of those matches um, as well. I think I think there's a lot of potential in that team as well. Mm. I think to come right towards the end of the Six Nations. Myself and Chris, of course, were analysing it here, um, what was going on and everything like that. How did you, how did you see it from within that bubble? I think uh, Six Nations was, it was, it's very tough to win away from home in Six Nations. And uh, you saw how close you got against Wales that day. Um, there were 14 men after 20 minutes. So um, it was definitely an uphill battle and we were so close to cracking them and they go on and win the Six Nations off the back yeah. of it. And I wonder um, if we had um, won that game in the end, yeah. would would we have a completely different conversation here? And I think that would have been it. Obviously, France losing by a point, um, that, that was tough. Um, that was definitely a tough day. But then after that, I thought the lads really dug in well. Um, really good game against Italy and showed that attacking intent that 
we've been speaking about and uh you saw it then again um in the england game i thought they were exceptional and that was that was the that was the performance that we knew was in the group and um i think it was so good to go and see it um where they really stood up and um almost dominating and for maybe after the first 10 minutes i think um we we're definitely on top and it was great to finish on that performance because oh, it definitely yeah, felt like it was yeah. brilliant for a while yeah no, and it, it was fantastic brilliant way to finish the season mm, particularly yeah. against england so yeah yeah, yeah exactly no, really good and had you have you where are you at now with your summer are you involved this weekend or uh yeah yeah we'll be playing this weekend and then yeah, um okay. Glasgow away, so uh, that'll yeah. be a tough, a tough one. And then after that, um, we'll wait and see. Uh, we yeah, one exactly. more game for Leinster against Dragons next week, and yeah. uh, then uh, we'll wait and see what happens from there. Yeah, a couple yeah. of internationals coming up, Japan and USA. I think Tom Daly is hoping to get in on that one as well. He was saying he was on the fringes the last time of the Six Nations camp, so um, yeah. you might have company, Ed. Please, God. Please, God, yeah. the two of us have been there. It'd be brilliant. Um, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and, you yeah. go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, what what dates are they? They're July, are they? Uh, July, yeah, yeah. So, so you last roll pretty much tent. straight on. There'll be no break. No, Will you go no, straight so. into Irish camp after the Rainbow Cup, or what? Wait so it depends if we get to if the week of the Rainbow Cup final. Um, hopefully, it's a bit out of our hands, but hopefully, win the next two games and gives us a chance. But um, we'd be waiting on other results, but. If yeah. that week we just have a training week in Leinster and then those selected would go into Irish camp the week after. Straight after, yes. Yeah. So there's yeah. no break. No. Actually, no. there you go. You're young and able to be no bother to you. Exactly, exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, won't be creaking around. How's the body yet? Um, everything okay injury-wise and all? Yeah, like, obviously, we, it's well documented. You had a tough time of it a few years ago mm. um, with injuries, but by God, you came back fighting. Yeah, no, feeling good now, thanks. Um, all as well. Like it's definitely a longer season than usual, and yeah. uh, just a couple of bangs and bruises there, but not major, thankfully. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so you go in. You have the uh, America, uh, America, Japan. So have you a break at all then, or are you straight back into preseason? With uh, Leinster or they, they no, we'd have a, a break. A, we'd have a break. Uh, the, whoever's in that international camp, and even the lads in Leinster will have um, a month off, um, just okay. depending on when you finish up. Yeah, because Pro 14 starts back end of August, does it? I'm not 100% sure. I haven't looked that far ahead yet. But, uh, Quite early, yeah. No, we're looking at it thinking, Jays, that's mad stuff. But Yeah, no, there's um, definitely pre-season games in August, so uh, yeah. it comes around ticking fast again. Yeah, for well, sure. But, it must uh, be, pre-season must be hell, is it? It's tough, all right. After <laughs> filling get, yourself with ice cream for a few yeah, weeks, yeah. you get used to it. You get used to it after a few years, but uh, no, definitely, definitely shocks the system. Yeah, absolutely. Come here. Just go, going back to the international camp. I'm sorry, we're still talking about it. Um, did you get you got coached with Leinster under Joe Schmidt? Um, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. for for the year, um, it was 2013 maybe uh, for that year, but I ended up. I was playing uh, Irish 20s, so we uh, I was injured for Six Nations and then went to the World Cup and stuff. So in terms of training sessions, I was out of the building a lot. Um, so I did, wasn't exposed a huge amount to him, unfortunately, but um, there was definitely a year, a year there yeah, where we overlapped. I was just going to ask you for a comparison to 
to Andy Farrell is all just in terms of coaching and that because we often hear comparisons between the two. Obviously, everyone has different styles and yeah. there's different things going on there. But, um, you know, Joe is big, big, big on detail. But it's probably the same with Stuart Lancaster and Leinster. He's meant to be a big detail man as well. Yeah, yeah. I think they all have their their own ways of doing it and uh, was the way that suits them and the way they believe is best. So um, it's definitely, it's great for a player to feel those different styles and uh, learn from them because you're getting a lot of different, um, I suppose, really smart people who know the game so well and yeah. you're learning from those. So um, I think it's been brilliant and it's great, obviously, to have Stuart's experience as well in Leinster and then, Himself and Andy worked together as well, and Andy worked with Joe and stuff. So there's definitely crossovers there, um, yeah. and which, yeah, it's very exciting. It's a small world, that's for sure. Exactly. It's a small exactly. world. I played a rugby match in New Zealand. Um, I played a season over there and ended up playing against Joe Schmidt. Right. I mean, what are the chances? And he ended up in <laughs> yeah. Ireland. I remember sitting down at a Chamber of Commerce dinner with him, and he said to me, uh, how are you doing? He introduced himself, and I was like, yeah. Uh, all right, okay, Grant. And he was like, I actually played rugby against you in 1980, something or other, whatever it was. No but, way. Because uh, he's got an encyclopedic menu, me- memory, whereas I have yeah. uh, memory of a goldfish. But he was like, <laughs> there to tell me the score in the game. And he scored the first no time. Way. We ended up murdering them. But uh, he's some man for detail. Oh, my God. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Great company. Super guy. Very fond of him. Yeah. That's yeah, some memory yeah. to have, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Picking oh, yeah. that out across the dinner table. I know. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that hit I gave you when you were running down the sideline? <laughs> yeah. Um, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, well, yeah, we're sort of lucky that with the coaching, uh, particularly with Leinster's good old staff in there, Felipe Condopomi, ex Carlo player, we can say, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. as well in there. Um, that. He says that too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. He keeps throwing that line out every now and again. <laughs> no, we're, we're one of the same age. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, so you have a busy time coming up. Um, so the Pro 14 done, ticked off, won that one as well. Is are going okay in the Rainbow Cup, but the format is so strange um, mm. this year, and the Pro 14 was as well. What's yeah. the what's what's the thinking with the Rainbow Cup, Ed, um, as a competition, as it was, and Leinster's prospects in it? Because it's tough the way the qualification goes and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think it's out of our hands now. So, um, Treviso are probably the ones who yeah. have it in their favour at the minute. They're top of the pool and they uh, have to go away to Ospreys in uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after. So, yeah. a lot will count on that. And then Munster are, are nipping at their heels a bit. And um, if we if we go well against Glasgow the weekend, then it opens it up, I suppose, but it does come down to Treviso. If they win that one, then uh, they'll go through and play the drafting yeah. team. But um, I think it's it's obviously tricky at the end of a season um, to try to put a competition together. But I think yeah, I think it'd be, be really brilliant. interesting to have the South Africans a part of it. Uh, hopefully, going forward, I mean that will totally change the dynamic of the competition. So definitely, definitely, just see, unfortunate the way things panned out this year. But hopefully, yeah. next year they'll. I think they'll add. I think they'll add a lot to that. Yeah, I think so too. Because we're struggling so a little bit, you know. As a, um, big as a physical product. teams and stuff. Um, yeah, so sure. I think I think it'll be good. It'll be a good test. And uh, yeah. you see the strength of some of their teams with uh, a lot of World Cup winners playing and stuff. So yeah. it'll definitely be a good test and uh, it'll be good for the competition. 
good for the forwards as well to be yeah <laughs> be up yeah, against bad, that. depending what way you look oh. at it <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely they're big 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 men um yeah um obviously the champions cup didn't go to plan ed um i think we're all all like yourself disappointed uh with yeah. the outcome of the la rochelle game as well la rochelle were fantastic on the day um you've seen it from a different pair of eyes um what was your own thoughts on it afterwards? Yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, a tough one to take, definitely. I think um, oh, it just it got away from us a, bit, a little bit. I thought we started well. Um, they kept they kept grinding away, and um, a couple of penalties. Uh, we didn't really look after possession that well, and I suppose we gave them too much entry into our own twenty-two. And with a big, powerful team like that, once you give them entry, they're very hard to get back out of there. So. Um, Obviously, with any loss you have, there's plenty of things you would have done differently, and um, we would have hoped to play in the right parts of the field a little bit more and um, get our breakdown a bit better because I think they had a bit of joy at that. So um, there's plenty of learnings there, but uh, it's still still raw enough and um, the one that got away. I think. Sorry, if you were to look at it from a, an Irish punter point of view and mm. the media, their read on the game, they would have said that. Leinster got physically better up. Did it feel like that as a player on the pitch? Um, I think like the the media definitely love uh, that line when an Irish team yeah. loses to a French team. But um, yeah. I uh, I think it was more our own mistakes, really. Uh, yeah. I think there was definitely parts in the first half where um, we were very good, and uh, I wouldn't have said we were getting dominated. Um, but then I suppose the second half there definitely was periods of uh, sustained pressure and um, the big men and probably need to deal with Will Skeleton a bit better at times. Um, sure. But yeah, like I said, it's tricky when, when they get into 22, they're, they're very good. Um, so I think we try to deny them access a little bit more and uh, play, play, I suppose more to our own game. Um, exactly. Yeah. I keep the ball a bit better, and if we sort out the rock, then it might have been a different story. But it was just yeah, tough one. And then you see like uh, Ohio West has a hundred percent against us, and then another yeah. day he doesn't. Uh, three big ones here. Yeah. Today, yeah. So like, and uh, it's just tricky. They 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 were very good. I thought on the day, and um, yeah. no, they were. I think yeah. definitely definitely things you can learn from it. That's that's two years, I suppose, Ed, where Leinster would have, you know, been confident enough of progressing through. Obviously, the year before, I think against Saracens, and Ooh, that yeah. that 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 eats away at a team a bit as well. But um, and like you know, honest, you're in there. It would have been it have been the same comments in that we got bet up against um, Saracens as well, and this, you know, does it come back to? And that's I suppose where I'm coming from is that is it if. Is it a physicality thing, or is it is it just playing a bit smarter when you have the ball? I think I think we definitely have confidence in the team that we have. Um, yeah. We know we know that there's a Champions Cup in the in the group that we have. So it's definitely um, as tough as those days are. Um, I don't think we've lost uh, confidence in what we're doing and the way we're playing. We just know that. The biggest day is you have to get it. It comes down to the smallest moments. And um, yeah. the more of them you win, and I suppose the things that we would try to influence the referee a little bit more, um, 
their take on things as well uh, has a big big factor and it's important how we deliver our messages and how the images that we're seeing on the pitch so someone in the back of the tackle that we're making it known because uh three points in a game like that is huge and there's big yeah. momentum swings there um so i think yeah like i said there's definitely learning points but we're not uh, we're not ripping up the script and thinking exactly. that we need to do everything differently because yeah. uh, I think we, we're a good enough team to uh, learn from and hopefully come back next year now and win it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Chris? Yeah, no, absolutely. I would agree. I mean, I think that the challenge is, and I suppose the the to press the panic button is we need to go and get ourselves some big, big men. We need more physical presence on the park. Uh, but again, that's never really been Leinster's way. Um, mm. So why would you go tear up something that's been so incredibly successful over 10, 12 years? So, yeah. um, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I think there is more than one way of playing the game. And if they don't have the ball, it doesn't matter how big they are. Exactly. And I think when you have it and keep it and the style of rugby that Leinster play, um, keeping the ball is, is what it's all about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, no. I couldn't. I, I agree with you. That's why I was just asking you the question whether there was any thoughts at a, at a, you know, within the coaching ticket whether you needed a bigger physical presence uh, to get her over the line. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and the vote of confidence from the management as well, um, Ed, with the signing of a couple of contracts there as well with Stuart Lancaster and that. Um, Leo signed yeah. the one year, but he's leaving it open as well. But there's obviously, like you said, like La Rochelle with Rog and everything, there's a plan there. Um, mm. You know, who knows next year, Leinster might get over that line. Please, God. Yeah. Please, um, God. Yeah, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so... Yeah, so you have a busy couple of weeks coming up, um, busy couple of months in that as well. The Lions mm. Tour is coming up as well. You know, congratulations, of course, go to the, the Irish players that have got on it as well. I suppose there's a couple of names there, Ed, that you on the Leinster team anyway that you would have expected mm. to be on that list too. The Gary Ring Roses, Johnny Sexton, we thought might have been in with a shout as well. You know, despite injury concerns or whatever. What was your own thoughts on the selections? Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think uh, I'd add James Ryan to that list as well. Of uh, lads were very unlucky, I thought. Um, yeah. But yeah, like like you said, there it's brilliant, even for the four Lancer lads uh, to go. It's great for them, and I do feel I feel it's tough on the the three the three that we mentioned there that missed out because um, yeah. I thought they've all, all been going well or whatever. But um, I suppose yeah, it, it is it's a tricky, and obviously it's the pinnacle, so it's bitterly disappointing for the lads who are in that shop window and missed it, but. I think overall it's very exciting. Um, it'll be a very exciting summer now, going down there against the world champions, and um, yeah. it's going it'll be to be a tough few weeks. Yeah. And I think it'd be hard to believe that the tour that the lads have been taking out there now will be the lads who'll be coming home. So there will get mm. lads who get a call up for sure. So you'd like yeah. to think that their their options aren't uh, just closed off just yet. Yeah, exactly, hundred yeah. percent. Um. And this is just a sort of a silly side question as well. Um, the, uh, the players, when they were announced, were pictured in their Lions jerseys. Did you, did you all have to get your pictures in Lions jerseys at Ireland camp um, just yeah, in case? Yeah, so that's, all right. that's the way it works, yeah. So they give, 
whatever amount of jerseys into uh, into camp and everyone gets it taken and then whoever gets selected from there um that's how they have all the headshots and uh, stuff yeah. Yeah. i was wondering about that one yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's how that one works so ed burner the lions jersey on him <laughs> for a brief brief for few seconds a couple of seconds anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. absolutely but who knows ed in the future you know um mm. That's that's the way things go. Um, Ed, obviously you're going to be well, you're playing, so you're going to be busy, but you're going to keep an eye on the lines anyway. Um, Chris and myself, of course, big fans of the, uh, I suppose, project or the competition as well. Chris was at the last um, tour in uh, South Africa in 2009. Um, amazing experience, Chris. Absolutely incredible experience. Yeah, um, and we had we had kind of access to all our areas as well, so. It was a great insight to kind of life as a lion on the tour. So, yeah, look, it was an incredible experience and then did the whole safari thing and whatever. So, yeah, look, Brilliant. I think it will definitely lose something from not having the crowds because the crowds are such a huge part of the traveling yeah. entity that is the lions. But look, um, every one of them. Every one of those guys who got picked definitely won't be going, well, I don't want to go because there'll be no crowd there. So, uh, yeah, they're all very excited to be part of it. But, yeah, look, incredible experience. And, uh, yeah. yeah, please God, it'll uh, it'll all go according to plan. Absolutely. Um, and, Ed, speaking of crowds, um, Leinster has got a project game coming up. Is it the Dragons? Um, Dragons next week, yeah, which is brilliant. Uh, 1,200 people. So, um, it's definitely very exciting. Um, and it's good to see a bit more normality back. And yeah, I think sure. uh, you definitely miss the crowds. Um, it makes yeah. a massive difference. So, I think it'll be a welcome return. Yeah, Tom Daly was saying that the weirdest thing about it all is when you run out for your warm-ups. He says, usually to be lads having pints or whatever it is, talking and to be a bit of noise and that. He says, but yeah. running out and hearing the other team even doing their calls and talks and everything like that is a bit strange. What's your own feelings on it for the last year? Yeah, I think uh, definitely I'll echo what Tom says there, but also when you run out to, for the start of the game, um, I think that's the strangest feeling. Um yeah. Uh, among it all really because uh, that's when you usually expect that big roar um, but yeah. it's uh, dead silent and then it's it's the big moments in the game I suppose as well where you can really hear the crowd once they're there um, yeah. that's that's the bit you miss especially when it's going well and you're scoring tries especially rather if you're a safe. prop on a five yard attacking <laughs> strong, that's when the crowd you get your adrenaline exactly, yeah, exactly. it gives you that boost yeah. Or if Ed Burton flattens a fellow with a tackle, you're usually yeah. expecting a big roar, and it's like, come on, where, what's going on? Oh, yeah. exactly. Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, absolutely. Great to see you doing well, uh, Ed, and everything. And, of course, like we were saying, Chris, um, before you joined us as well, Carlo and Kenny are pumping out some decent rugby players over the years. Um, Sean O'Brien used to give you grief on Instagram uh, when he was in camp. Um, he used to get a great kick that. out of <laughs> yourself yeah. and the brother um, yeah, and that's, yeah. you keep in contact with Tom and Sean and all those lads yeah I would I would yeah. um, we were obviously down in Connacht a few weeks ago and I was only saying to Tom that if things are a bit more normal over summer now we'll have to do a point in Carlo uh, when we're home but uh, I'll be on to Sean a bit as well um, it's great how's he enjoying London yeah, I think he loves it. He loves it. Uh, it's obviously a big culture change from when when he went over to start, but uh, yeah. 
I think he's he's done done a good job over there. Like he's doing a little bit of uh, mentoring and coaching and yeah. um a bit about culture and stuff. And they're flying it as well. I think Benji yeah, sixth year, in the yeah. Premiership and uh, going really well. So he's adding massive value there as well, which is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I hear him on his podcast. There, he does a podcast during the week. Oh yeah, he's like make your hair curl. It's I've stopped listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so vocal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely um yeah um you any other questions chris for ed no i don't think so i suppose just a couple of little lad many things who are fun things as well i mean who's your who's the biggest master in the change rooms <laughs> uh the one that springs to mind now would probably be sean cron that's uh okay yeah yeah what's uh, his favorite party back. trick yeah <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be telling you that. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. It's a, it's a family, family program, show. Chris. Family yeah. Sorry, okay. Before the water check. that question then. <laughs> you can just put that one out if you like. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, you're enjoying yourself anyway. That's the main thing. Um, yeah. Things on an upward curve for you as well, of course. And uh, your brother's flying it across the water as well. Barred his injury, but he's getting that sorted for the summer and he'll yeah. be back flying it then as well. Um, yeah, no, great to see everything going well. Fingers crossed you're in um, contention, obviously, for the Irish team as well during the summer, which no doubt you will. Um, and uh, might maybe even link up with your, your old friend, Tom, who's on the peripheries. And actually, bit of, with, with Robbie Henshaw and Bundy Aki, yeah going yeah. as well that sort of you know moves two out away for him to get into Great ireland time. camp as well so we'll see what happens 100 percent. yeah um yeah no that's all i have chris yeah no all good look yeah just wish you all the best for the summer and uh you're you're doing a fantastic job and uh the best of luck with everyone throughout and may thanks you stay me. sound for as long as possible please god thanks very much and thanks for having me on lads no problem at all pleasure. That's uh, Carlo, man, Leinster player, Irish player, Ed Byrne. That was Carlo Mann and Leinster and Ireland player Ed Byrne. That's it from the Knock On Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie with me, Stephen Byrne, and former Leinster player Chris Pym. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby. And of course, if you're into your GAA with the Clash Act, all things MMA, and lots more. Talk to you soon.